0: Ambar
1: Garcia and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2017, season 13, episode number 76. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at The Star. How's everybody doing this morning?
2: Oh, hey, doing, guys. Awesome. Hey. That probably wasn't a good idea. No,
1: probably not. Probably not. Great. <laughs> good. Have a great Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Ready
2: for some. Everybody's doing pretty good Eagle here. Talk? Talking about the Eagles. Yeah. You ready? What have they
3: done? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Who are they? Who are you?
2: Yeah. Oh, still waiting on them to lose two in a row. It's hard to lose two in a row you don't lose one.
1: <laughs> you did mention that, what, about week three or four? It
2: always happens. Yeah, yeah. Awesome Saints in 2009 lost a couple in a row. Three. They got... Three to be exact. Three to be exact. you you a
1: fan back then? Oh, my God. Yeah. Hardcore.
2: He's still he's kind of like no,
4: he is yeah but trying to figure out what to do about this 7 game winning streak i i I'm not lying to you i don't know anything about it other than that alvin Kamara is having a good season and when you, but first you liked him started- anyway from the draft show right i did yeah it. it was I grew up a Saints fan. I, you know, I like the Saints. I have no time to watch or care about them. Like I just don't. I, you pour all your fandom into LSU at this yeah, point. I yeah, I mean, the NFL's a job. Used to be a big Kansas Jayhawk basketball. I fan. I don't have team. time for that either. I literally, I texted Kelsey Charles last night, and I was like, I- "We hung out today." The like, Ku had this huge game against right. Kentucky last night. Didn't even cross my mind until I turned on the TV while I was watching Eagles tape, and I was like, oh. And,
2: and didn't have a chance to finish watching hey, it? No, I, did went
4: to, I went to bed when there was still, like, three minutes left. Like, oh, I wow. I don't, I don't
2: care. You just Jay Cutlered the whole game.
4: I don't have time for anything <laughs> else right now, man. I got, like, wow. I got, like, somebody was asking me last night, and they were like, well, if we need a linebacker in the draft, who are some ones that you like? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, LSU is the only team that I, like, watch. I'll get into all that when the season's over. I don't. Eh. Maybe that's the no, point. I'm, maybe a little early. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> maybe before the season. You, you get those. You get my point, though. Yeah. Like. I, like I'm not the busiest person in the world, but I just got enough stuff occupying my time that I, I don't. I'm not gonna go watch Saints highlights in my for, in my spare time. Let's put I it that you. way.
1: Amber, how's it going this morning?
3: Oh, well, very well. Thanks for asking, Derek. Good. Fine. Muy bien. Feliz. Feliz de la vida.
1: Good for life.
2: Happy you know? day. I just heard life. Right.
3: Just right? life. A happy life.
2: Got it. Perfect. See, I'm on it. <laughs> How you say sarcastic in Spanish?
3: <laughs> sarcástico.
1: Holy Seriously? crap! That's what I
3: was gonna
4: say.
1: Is it really?
4: I was just gonna say sarcástico, and I was like, "Don't be a smart." Ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's exactly. Don't be a smart astico. That's probably how you say
2: it in Spanish. <laughs> See, okay. Kent, Kent got it. All right, let's move on. Let's talk some Philadelphia Eagles. This is what you wanted. You wanted this stuff now. Tomorrow that's <laughs> no, so gonna much. be like welcome let's to the show right forty-four, the Eagles defense.
4: <laughs> there is no good way to open this show. Let's just put it that way. There isn't. Let's just you just jump right in and just start talking football, right? That's fine.
1: That's fine. Right, that. That's what the fans
4: want, I guarantee
1: you. All right, let's do that then. Let's go directly to football. Let's talk about this Philadelphia Eagles offense. Dave, you have a scouting report for us. Go.
4: Football. Yeah. Um, this is a lot like Chiefs week I'll pull out the same <laughs> stat sheet that I did during Chiefs week and just go one one they're good one. they're good they're good they're good yeah uh they are but honestly you know what um they remind me a lot of the Cowboys which maybe that shouldn't surprise us maybe it should I don't know um this is the number four total offense in the NFL 377 yards per game only 14th in passing at 240 number four in rushing at 137. Sounds familiar, right? Uh, 31.4 points per game. They're number two in the league in scoring, only behind the Rams, which let's stop and marvel at that for a second. The Rams are leading the league in scoring. Um, <laughs> but, no, th- this really does remind me a lot of the Cowboys. Carson Wentz is obviously uh, – it's it's really more – it's more centered around Carson Wentz than the Cowboys are centered around Dak Prescott. I think that's fair to say. Um, he's completing 61% of his passes – for 251 yards a game, he has thrown 23 touchdowns and just five interceptions, which, okay, again, they remind me a lot of the Cowboys, but it's more about the quarterback. They run the ball really well, but they do it with a litany of guys. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt has 504 yards. Wentz is actually their number two rusher with 211. I think with the 40 yards that he had against Atlanta, Dak maybe passed him or is awfully close, but they're very even. Um Chris Clement has 182, Wendell Smallwood has 168, and then they just added Jay Ajayi, who had 77 in his first game as an Eagle before the bye. So they're really more com- committee-based. They don't have that one running back that does everything the way Ezekiel Elliott does. Do you suspect that that will change, maybe
1: starting with this week, now that they've got Ajayi? is a quality running back. They didn't really have a starting caliber, in my opinion, a starting caliber every down back before that. Ajayi is that kind of guy, right? Take me back to when he was coming out of college. Is Was he projected to be that kind of guy?
4: He definitely is capable of handling that kind of workload. Like, he was that guy for Boise State. I think he he was that guy in Miami, He's and he's capable of being that 30 carries for 200 yards guy. The problem is, uh, the reason he fell as far as he did had nothing to do with talent. It was about injuries. He's got a knee condition that scared a lot of teams, including the Cowboys, away. And I wonder if the Eagles might go easy on him in the interest of keeping him fresh. Ah, uh,
1: so you just work him into the mix more.
4: Right. And I mean, you have LeGarrette Blunt, who's not, he's not that well-rounded, you know, he's right. not a home run threat by any stretch. But I mean, he's got 500 yards, like he's doing the job for them. He's doing just fine. I wonder if maybe Ajayi will be like a change of pace. Like, obviously you're going to give him his touches, but he, on- he only had eight carries in his first game, which I know he just got there, but.
1: Well, it was within that week, right? But like right. No, that that's league? what I'm saying.
4: Yeah. Um, I'd still be surprised if they just suddenly just lean on him exclusively, not when they have all these other talented guys. Like, they like Chris Clement a lot. He's, he works in the passing game really well. Um, so I think it'll still be committee. You just have one more dangerous option in that committee. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and but so, you know, there isn't this star running back that it all centers around. It all kind of centers around Wentz. But for a lot of the same reasons that, Dak Prescott works here they run a lot of shotgun stuff they run a lot of uh, I don't want to say zone read because he doesn't keep the ball that often but it's that you know read and react to, uh give or pull the ball as the quarterback run a lot of plays out of the shotgun uh, and if you remember back from the Denver game which was their last game you maybe saw a quote where Chris Harris said you know they run a college offense they just run it really well mm. and I couldn't I take that as a compliment. It's like they run this offense really efficiently. A lot of people took it as like a dig, like oh well, it's a gimmick. I don't really think of it as a gimmick. They're just running concepts that help their quarterback a lot, like and they're doing it really well. So like you see a lot of the zone read type stuff. You see a lot of like it like RPOs, run pass options, where you know Dak will run this stuff in the red zone where. You look, you see, you know, look at the end, either give to the running back. If you don't give it to the running back, you have one read and it's it's there for you. You know, that type of stuff where you're just making it easy on him. I don't he's capable of doing it, but I don't see him doing a lot of like reading both sides of the field. He doesn't usually need to like he's usually got one read that's there if he doesn't give it to the running back. And, you know, and he's capable of progressing if he needs to. But I would argue that he doesn't usually need to. Uh, another thing that they like to do is use his athleticism against the defense. They move the pocket a lot, like, I mean, where he's running as soon as he's got the ball left or right, and he's got a read. Um, he did that against Denver where he takes it, fakes the toss, and he's already on the run. Chris Harris falls for it, and Alshon Jeffrey's a yard behind him by the time he lets go of it. So he's 6'5", and no offense to Carson Wentz, but like, I think he's just a dorky-looking dude um but he's like don't let him fool you like he's very athletic like he's an athletic quarterback like I said he's got 200 rushing yards and
1: big and strong different I mean like I don't know that there's a quarterback in the league outside of Cam Newton who is as big maybe Ben Roethlisberger who's as big and hard to take down as Carson
4: Wentz is but like I mean he's not Cam Newton nobody is right. but he moves more like Cam than Roethlisberger right. like He's not this lumbering guy like he's he's an athlete, but But a big athlete, I guess, is the point Throws a lot like very hard to take down more than
2: Cam too. his throwing is a lot closer to Roethlisberger than Cam or any other. What are you saying? He's a much more accurate passer, much better arm. Yeah, he's got a big arm. Yeah, he does have a big arm.
1: Yeah, but
2: he's not. I mean, that's Cam's weakness is that he's not that accurate all the time, but I'm just this guy could run sort of like him, but throws a
4: lot better than him. It's scary. I would argue, and, you know, he's, he's looking at me like that.
1: I don't know if I agree with all that, but we'll get to that on Can- Panthers week, if we ever have it.
4: Yeah, Panthers week next year or I'm, playoffs? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's got a big arm, and they're definitely capable of big plays. I don't know if you watched the Panthers game they played on Thursday night where he just cocked back. I mean, he hit Mac Collins in stride for, like, 68 yards. It was a really impressive throw just in terms of his arm strength. But, like, I don't think of them as like this big play offense. A lot like I say about the Cowboys, like I don't necessarily think they're always looking for that. Like uh, you have Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar averaging like 13, 14 yards per catch, but it's a lot of comeback routes. It's a lot of tight end action. Zach Ertz is their leading receiver. You see uh, him and Brent Selleck either moving across the field or out in the flat a lot. Like the big play threat is there, but uh, that's not their bread and butter. Like it's really a lot more. Like I said, multiple options. I would, I would guess, like the vast majority of the stuff they run has a run-pass option in it. It's like a lot of misdirection, a lot of trying to take, catch the defense off guard, and not necessarily just bombing away.
1: One of the most interesting things, though, about that particularly is their top four receivers right now are all averaging above twelve yards per catch. Yeah, you've got Ertz averaging twelve point three, Jeffrey's averaging fourteen point seven yards. Aguilar's uh, averaging 14.8 yards and Torrey Smith's averaging 14.7 yards and right now they're second in the league in average yards per reception at 13 so they they don't have it may not be centered around big plays right. but they certainly are getting chunk
4: plays regularly and in this offense I would throw in there Mac Hollins, the guy I just mentioned he's a rookie out of North Carolina he's Ryan Switzer's teammate I think mm-hmm. he has less than 20 catches on the year like he's not he's not even close to their top option but He's averaging 19 yards per catch. Like, yeah. he scares me because I bet you they'll try to get him behind this secondary at some point in the game. The Cowboys really liked him coming out of the draft. He was a special speed
2: team guy. Speed, well, yeah, he's a speed guy, but he's really a special teams guy coming out of college. He's going to help on special teams and help summon the receiving game. And it's just funny how they they went for Switzer. They're all you know gung ho on that. And this guy, would you say, doesn't have 20 catches? I think it's like sixteen. Oh, well, that's fourteen more than Switzer. I don't know how many Switzer has. Two. One or two. Not many. Not many. I mean, and he hasn't contributed as much. Like Switzer was the guy that was supposed to contribute. And
4: Holland's I didn't know if they'd have a good role for him. Amazing how that works sometimes. <laughs> um a couple notes. Uh God, I don't want to pronounce this name, but big big V, uh h- 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 <laughs> Hala Vaitai, uh Can you guess that he is of Pacific Island descent? Um, is he somebody that our vitai announcer? Or is yeah. gonna... They call him Big V. So Big V, let's call roll call with that. Big V.
1: Uh, he. Oh my god. I Press box. Monday That's, night, he's gonna get five iterations of his.
4: Name. Oh yeah, our press box guy's yeah. gonna die. Like he's gonna die. Well, he's playing left tackle. So how many? Times Hopefully, you he, don't have to say his how many times name? you have to say his name. Yeah, you don't have to ever, unless he gets hurt. He's your he's your left tackle in place of Jason Peters, who blew out his knee a few oh, weeks he ago. He will never say that. Um, yeah. but there, I mean, is he that, any good? Is how does he play? He's only played. I think he's played two games since since Peters was hurt. And I mean, which is you know, people are in my mentions whining about it like obviously you'd prefer to have Jason Peters, but he hasn't had a game like Chaz green had against the Falcons. Like he's, he's gotten the job done to this point. I think it's probably something you can still try to take advantage of, especially this doesn't seem like something Rod Marinelli would do, but Lane Johnson's a pretty damn good right tackle. I mm-hmm. wonder if they try to put DeMarcus Lawrence on the left side or um, on his right side yeah. on the left tackle to try to take advantage of that. doesn't seem like something Rod would do, but I would consider it. Um, and then they got Brandon Brooks from Houston over the offseason, and Jason Kelsey's one of the better centers in the league. So they're looking they're pretty man. solid, and they seem to be handling not having Peters fairly well. I saw that they just, I, I thought I just saw that a few minutes ago that they signed a tackle. They did. They signed Will Beatty. Yeah. Uh, he, of New York Giant fame. Let's say, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Which. I feel like he's been retired for so more than – No, he had, he definitely was retired, but, like, it's not like he retired this year. Like, I think he's been out of football for at least a year or two. He right? played with Jumbo Elliott. I mean <laughs> – At the Jets? <laughs> he was on those Super Bowl teams, I know, at least one of them. Um, But I don't – I think that's a depth thing. I don't think they're looking at him to in be in the starting lineup, at least not right away. Gotcha. So. It's interesting. Um, All right. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, like – did I read – yeah, they're, I mean, fourth in total offense – fourth in rushing offense, that's scary when you think that Sean Lee's probably not going to play in this game. Yep, that's the most scary part of it. And actually, I was going to ask you that
1: question. If you look at this offense, what's the most dangerous part of the offense? Um, Obviously, you talk about the rushing game, but what's the most dangerous thing that the Cowboys will really have to look out for uh, with this offense?
4: Well, I'm like, Wentz is, he's playing at an MVP level. I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear that, but he's really having a great season. Um, But if Sean Lee's not out there, LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi, I, that scares me way more than whatever Wentz yeah, might do. We've yep. seen the
2: running back, C.J. Anderson from the Broncos. We've seen Aaron Jones from the Packers, and
4: Todd Gurley had a monster game. I mean, it's one thing to have a good game, but he had a monster game. Running backs have not been killing them in this last month, but Lee was out there. And from the time Lee left the Falcons game— it's not like Tevin Coleman took over the game. But, but he had some big runs. But, but they bad. got much better at running the ball when he was out. And this these guys are better than Tevin Coleman. Right. So.
1: All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, Amber and Nick are going to chime in and tell us what they think is the one thing that stands out about this offense that they think the Cowboys will have to be concerned with. We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
3: It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
0: What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, Welcome back.
1: It's the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, and today we're focusing in on the Philadelphia Eagle offense. Dave has given us us, the scouting report on them. Now we'll turn to Amber and Nick. Amber, tell us first, what is your one thing that you notice about uh, this offense that stands out to you most?
3: Well, there are many things, but one that I would focus on would be with their red zone scoring. They're ranked number one. Mm -hmm. Cowboys' defense are ranked number 24. So that's a pretty bad matchup right there. And after watching what we saw last weekend, we saw how the Cowboys struggled scoring points. Now, with Sean Lee not being able to play, which is what is expected, uh, the Cowboys' defense is going to really, really need to step up and do whatever they can to stop them from scoring some points. Because if this guy – if I mean, the Cowboys won't win this game if they score seven points. So that would be my biggest concern there.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I was kind of – I'm kind of surprised that they're 24th. I thought the defense had done better than that in the red zone. But I guess not. Yeah. You're yeah. thinking of 24? last year. I am. I am. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on some things I probably shouldn't
2: be. You
4: but know,
1: last year – Some of these there.
2: stats, though, too. Some of these stats are really specific. I mean, there's like – Average field position on the road. I mean, something like that. So yeah. that could be. I don't know. That could be a stat of of how many points they're scoring in the red zone, and not necessarily a touchdown percentage. Because I think when you when you think about three and out and down in the red zone, they kick a field goal. You think of that as a win. But sometimes that could be a stat of of how many. Points What's the number for scored. it? I know it's the the ranking. What's the actual number? Fifty eight
3: point six.
1: 8.6 so, so i think that may be the number of
2: times that's a, that's got to be a touchdown got to be touchdowns yeah okay yeah. Well.
3: red zone scoring so yeah. i mean i'm assuming it is a yeah touchdown. it's a got to be a touchdown
2: yeah the, the, that, we haven't seen that many turnovers and missed field goals to go half the time yeah that's surprising i thought they would i thought they were a little better than that yeah me too but well,
3: I, I mean, when I was looking through it, I thought it would—I would run into it a lot sooner, and it took me almost <laughs> to the last page. I'm like, oh my god, okay, yeah, they're pretty bad. It's
4: good. Would not team, have guessed that they were great at forcing field goals, and uh, and um, wow, I totally spaced right there. They were good at red zone defense and bending, but not breaking. Yeah, it really hasn't been the case as much this year.
1: And it helps when you oh, get Sean
4: Lee. The other thing I was uh, chunk plays. They were great at. I mean they did they limited plays of, you know, 20 or more yards and they haven't been that great at that this year. Yeah. Do you know think I mean. that's all about Sean Lee? If it is and, and like that's a, you know, that's another thing fans have been oh, harping those on. Safeties too. I really can I really can't argue with them is, you know, Sean Lee is a great player, but the degree to which it goes in the tank when he's not out there is it's ridiculous, frankly. Does I mean, it kind of remind
1: you of couple years ago and really for a period of time here where when Romo was in the lineup this team was totally different than when he was out of the lineup is it that far is it that much that's, or do you
4: think that's just kind of a narrative gone crazy it's different for me because I mean it's it's a quarterback league you touch the ball on every play like usually you're not going to be as good if your quarterback's not in there unless you luck into a Dak Prescott that's yeah. just the nature of it you know but a line like a defender. I mean, how many times does a defender touch the football in his career? Probably less than a quarterback does in an average game. But um, but I've never seen a drop off right. of any player,
2: though, more than we saw last week with Tyron Smith. Well, there is <laughs> that. Point. So, I mean, that that they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't function at all.
1: Well, that probably, you guys are probably saying the same thing. It's really about the difference between the starting guy and the backup guy. And in this league, there aren't enough quarterbacks to even go around, let alone getting to a second level of quarterbacks where the drop-off from your starter to your backup is good enough quality for you to win. So it's kind of the same thing. You look at the left tackle last week. That's about the difference between Tyron Smith and Chaz Green. It's pretty big. That's what we learned last but, week, but right? But
4: even, like, even last year, you— I mean, and I know what have you done for me lately, but like we saw this team function and win without Tyron Smith, you know, like they, but other than 2014, when Rolando McClain was here and playing at a pretty good level in the middle, like they just look incompetent when so, Sean's not out there. I mean, so do he, you think 100 all week, purpose yards for Todd Gurley, uh, 150 rushing yards or whatever it was from Aaron Jones? Like that's just crazy compared to, what they're capable of doing when he's in there,
1: so when we when we and this is gonna switch the conversation a little bit, but when you say that we saw them play last year, okay without Tyron Smith, do you think that maybe the the difference here is would you put it more on the not having a Ron Leary at guard, or do you put it more on if you had zeke last last week that maybe you would have been better in the running game, oh yeah.
2: You would have been way better with Zeke last week.
1: And so it doesn't matter as – so you're not in a situation where you expose Chaz as much.
4: Maybe, but, I mean, like, it was – like, it was he was beaten so badly that I have a hard time even saying that. You know, like, again, we don't need to hash it out all over again, but you're just talking about speed rushes where, like, he wasn't doing anything special, you what, know? like What it,
2: was ridiculous was that they didn't run the ball at him. That, that's yeah. what I don't understand. Dwight Freeney was a really good rusher back in the day. He couldn't stop the run at all because he didn't want to. They just gashed him right up the middle there. I mean, right right where the space that he would leave. And I just don't understand why they didn't attack that more. He's trying to get up the field and beats Chaz Green. That creates a huge lane, especially when it's this wide nine. They, I thought they should have exposed that more and, and, and run right at him. I want to say that happened a couple
1: times, and their linebacker, what was it, 45?
4: Deion? Deion Jones. Yeah,
1: snuffed it out like pretty quickly on both the plays that I think I remember when they tried to do that. And and so I don't know that they didn't do it as much as it just didn't work once It seemed again. like it a lot of the work. runs were to the
4: right. Yeah. Right,
2: right, right side, everything. Yeah. I don't know.
4: I could always be wrong, and— hopefully Tyron Smith plays in this game. Although I think there's an argument to be made, and Nick brought it up, there's an argument to be made that just deal with it and have Tyron back for Thanksgiving and hopefully he really feels better as opposed to rushing it. Regardless, let's say Tyron doesn't play in this game. I still, like, I'm not saying it'll be good, but I just have this strange sense that it won't be that awful again. I mean, like, that is a... Okay. That is a wreck and I'm not How do you get worse than that? You can't. That's you, the point. You yeah. literally cannot. in an NFL game, I mean, four guys have ever done that before. You right. actually cannot do worse than that. So Disagree. <laughs> you How? Think, you
2: think what eight? I mean, like what do you think? Uh when that guy runs onto the field and and he goes like that to the to the ambulance that comes over there to get your quarterback who's they have oh. to pick up. Yeah, that could get I'm
4: me. not talking about the results of. I'm talking about like you literally there's only a handful of instances where a tackle performed that badly in the history of this league.
2: That's my problem is that the, the bar is, you know, I always talk about expectations is I don't want to be sitting in the press box and feeling like, you only gave up two and a half sacks. I mean, he only or two sacks, three sacks. He, only, he, he didn't. He didn't really have that bad of
4: a game. It's just three. But that's where the bar is. I'll gladly take two and a half that's after like, that's what the we bar right yesterday now. or yeah. Sunday. But that's the problem. Like, well, what do you want to do about it? I mean,
2: move people. Move people around. That's what I would do. I would try something else. I just, you've already seen it. You don't need to see it again and let a guy Hon- get hurt.
1: Honestly, I don't how know that I.
2: you have to put your hand on the stove to know it's hot? It's hot. But I don't hot. know, don't I don't
1: know that I move people around as much as I say, okay, going into this game, how do you help him? Because I don't think. Byron Bell, from what we saw, I don't think Byron Bell is necessarily an improvement. I think you're probably going to get about the same level of play. I don't know if in this kind of week I want to move my guard over to tackle. I don't know if I want to take my right tackle. I think is getting better and playing pretty good right now over the left tackle. So I think you're kind of stuck with what you have. And if Tyron's not going to play, then you go into this game saying, what are all the ways that we can give him help? Let's sign up a tight end over there. Let's chip him when we can. Like I'm thinking every every down, if I need to, if it gets to that point, every down, how can I give him help? And I will verify I mean, I will I will do different
4: things to give him help, but that's I think your better option than anything else you got right now. Jumbo every snap and just put Looney out there just with him. go right.
1: But he is now your your tight end.
4: I didn't even get to finish that thought, which is okay, Nick disagrees with me, that's fine. I at least have some type of optimism that it won't be that bad for the tackles. I have, we have a large sample size of proof that suggests that without Sean Lee, it won't be any better for the defense. I mean, that that's just the fact that's just a fact. I mean, but every time he hasn't been out there this year, has that ugly. been because they've had Jalen
1: out there for an extended amount of time. And if they were to say, like we talked about yesterday, either with Durant or with March Lillard or both use them more and still limit the amount of plays that they give to Jalen Smith.
4: I guess we'll see because I I can't fathom how they could justify doing that to Jalen again, having seen what we saw in the first half of the season. Like, I'm, I mean, I know Justin Justin Durant has his own lim- limitations. He's not going to be Patrick Willis out there. But, you I mean, you know what's going to happen when you put him in that situation. I hope they don't do that again.
1: Okay. All right, Nick, what's your one thing? One thing you've seen from this offense that scares you most?
2: Well – I just I kind of go back to what we've seen the last couple of years, and I think we saw it in the last game of um, 2016. Zach Ertz is a problem. Now, he did miss last week's game because of an injury. They're coming off a bye week. If he plays this game, you know, I thought last year Carson Wentz kind of used him as his security blanket a little bit as he was trying to grow and get better, and th- those guys kind of developed a pretty good core there. Similar to like, I guess, kind of, you know, Romo and Witten type of thing. So now, as as they've gotten weapons around him, he's even more of a weapon this year. And you know, you just see last week, you see Austin Hooper making plays there and making some of those guys look silly. I just think covering the tight end has always been an issue. It's not going to get better if Sean Lee's not out there, just because of all the overcompensation they'll have to do. I think that could be a problem all day long. Is just trying to how to figure out Zach Ertz because he just moves the chains. He's, a, he's almost like a wide receiver playing tight end. He's not to the point of uh, – who did they face a couple of weeks ago? Oh, I mean, uh, Kelsey. He's not like that, but he's pretty close. So, to me, it's, it's just covering the tight end because that will just dictate all the other things. And before you know it, Nelson Aguilar is running 50 yards down the field or something like that. So, Zach Ertz stopping
4: him is going to be the problem. He does lead the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. The Eagles, that is. Wow. Yeah. And he missed last week. So so here's the question.
1: Do you guys think this is a tougher matchup? I know that their offenses, their offenses are comparable when you look at the rankings, but do you think this is an easier or tougher matchup than trying to match up with the Kansas City Chiefs? I think
2: this is a tougher matchup because when you hit Alex Smith, he's going to go down pretty much if you hit him. I mean, he's quick and, he's, and he's, he can move around, but you can get him to the ground. The problem with Wentz is that you can just jump right on his back and hit him in the waist, and he's still going to throw it. Touchdowns and throws. I mean he had one a few weeks ago against the Redskins, I believe, where his feet were were off the ground. You know, he jumped and got hit at the same time and threw a perfect pass yeah, to I a remember. running back. I don't remember who caught it, but it was a perfect play. I was like, I think Man. that
4: was Clement actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wasn't it a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. It it was a really great play. I was like, this guy I don't gotta yeah. deal with him for a decade.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't think the Eagles uh I don't think their skill players scare me as much as the Chiefs do. Really? I don't think so. I mean, they yeah, like... I agree with that. There's not a Tyreek Hill on this team, and, and I don't think Ertz is on Kelsey's level. He's really good, don't get me wrong, but I Kelsey's uh, Gronk-like in the in the matchup problems he creates for you. Um, so let me throw
1: this at you, though. You you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and you got three unique talents on their offense, and then from there, the drop-off, I think, is
4: much more significant. Yeah, I would... With the Eagles, it's deeper. the breath, right? They're yeah. deeper, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know that... I don't know that the combination of Jay Ajayi and Legarrette Blunt is definitely better than Kareem Hunt. They probably are, just veteran savvy and all. But regardless, however you feel about that the fact that Sean Lee's not, probably not there, scares me a hell of a lot more because of that. And you got to handle two
1: different types of backs, I think. Well, really, well, really
4: three, three different types, maybe of backs, even right? four. Yeah, of that stuff. Like they're gonna, they're all gonna get out there. Yeah, like, they all do their own, and that's. We didn't, I went I went back and watched their game against the Chiefs cuz that's the only team that beat them. <laughs> so I was like, what did the Chiefs Ironically, do? Ironically, yeah. What did the Chiefs do? Well, which first they did, they had Sproles back then, so they're basically trying to compensate for not having that. But if if you were curious what the Chiefs did, yeah. Nothing. Like the Eagles had 406 yards of offense in that game. They threw for 333 and ran for 106. The big things that I came up with, they scored 20 points. Mm. The Chiefs sacked them six times. I think that's probably pretty big. They were uh, The Eagles were minus two in turnovers, and they missed a field goal. So they left as many as 10 points on the field. Wait,
1: that doesn't – they had to have some really – they must not have scored much when they got to the red zone. If they had
4: 400-plus yards and only came away with 20 points – They missed a field goal. The, the interception did not come in the red zone, though, but they missed a field goal toward the end of the first half. Um and then the the pick came in the fourth quarter and set up a Chiefs touchdown. But no, I they just they I think, 400 yards. You would assume they're at least in
1: mid 20s, right? I mean, they in a 20, typical situation for 20 points.
4: Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's a wonky stat line when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I went into it thinking like, oh, they must have they must have turned the ball over five times in this game or something. Not really. Like, it, I mean. All credit to Kansas City for winning, but it looks like the Eagles just kind of shot themselves in the foot. And league. I think
1: when you take six sacks, you know, yeah, sacks can big, give you a negative back five, you negative seven, negative nine. up out of yeah. scoring position. Yeah, so league. even though you got those yards, you had those negatives that, that kind of affected but that as well.
4: There is, so there is not a team that has like just shut them down, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's their only loss, and they still have moved pretty effectively.
1: All right, we're going to take some questions. Give us a call. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. We have a call from Mike in Arizona. Mike, what up?
5: Hey, happy home day, my people. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, licking the wounds. I just have kind of like a <laughs> PSA for all of us Cowboy fans out there that were hanging off the ledge. Listen to Hanging with the Boys, the first hour, Nate Nguyen preaches, and it's all about the next week. We got uh-huh. coaches in place. We got players in place. Vamonos, it's ready to go. It's Eagles week. It's going to be hectic competitive, and uh, I'm excited. My question to you guys, where's Doug Free? Is he like on <laughs> a recliner eating bonbons or something? Is he not like an option? And Judge Fela, if you wanted irreparable damage, this is the irreparable damage. Poor Dak Prescott. Love your show. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays because they're coming fast, baby.
4: Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Dude, that guy just lifted my mood like I <laughs> have notches. <laughs> it's good. Like, yes. yeah, You know, there's a lot of money at stake and all sorts of other stuff, but, like, it's just it's just football, you know? It like, should okay. be fun. Right? It's
1: okay. But Doug Free, you know he's got to be sitting back thinking.
4: <laughs> if Doug Free is in game shape, I would be stunned. For <laughs> no,
1: I'm that. saying he's got to be sitting back thinking. Man, they always appreciate you after it's Oh uh, yeah. Like he was never like, yeah. who would have ever been saying, "Go find Doug Free." Like people were so happy to let him walk.
2: And- I well, people w- were asking that for like five years. Right? Where's Doug Free? Well, he starts at right tackle. <laughs> he
4: plays for for the million. Like right tackle is not this team's problem. Right no, now. it's not. But, but you're I just should... looking for tackles. at the- No, I know. Well, but I guess my point is like, all right somebody's still got to play the left side if Tyron's like, are you going to put Doug out there? Because I don't know how that's going to go. Probably not a good You're going to move Lyle? Like it, it's not like that would be a cure-all, in my opinion. But He's out hunting somewhere. Yes, or He's watching NASCAR. I don't he know.
1: will not be coming back to the Cowboys anytime soon. There was something else he said I thought we should kind of discuss. This
4: is, well. Operable harm. Oh, that's what it was. Go ahead. So oh, if you want me to rant for a second, this yeah, sure. just so, this was something I said on Twitter last night, like the number, you know, I distinctly remember and I think it kind of it started this joke in 2015. Like Brian Broaddus famously started watching draft tape the day after the Panthers game on Thanksgiving. It was like, <laughs> all right, that's it. They're three and whatever. They're three and ten or whatever their record was. It's time to start watching draft tape. And that's that's fine the number of people who are behaving that way on November 15th with a five and four record is insane to me. Like, and I get it. We talked about it yesterday. Like the playoff picture looks crowded. This team has its shortcomings. These injured players being out, is going to make it tough. Like, I'm not telling you that they're going to make the playoffs, but like, to be acting like we need to jump into draft talk right now when the team has a winning record at the midpoint of the season is a little insane to me and it's i said this last night it's insulting to how bad 2015 was that you're comparing this to that you know like we were the cowboys were basically mathematically eliminated by this point that year like it it would have mm-hmm. taken a miracle win streak of 7 games with Tony Romo which granted some people actually thought that was possible i don't know why but it's com- said it. it's a completely different situation from this. Like, this is what the average NFL season looks like, you know? Like- but, but the problem is, the problem is right or wrong. And I, I agree with you this. It's it definitely premature. But right or wrong,
1: I think the way they lost last week and the guys that are out and the reasons Absolutely. that they're out and how long they're projected to be out Absolutely. is what has, has, I think, a lot of fans saying the arrow is pointing down. Like, you don't know. So why- Even when Tyron comes back, He's still got a back problem, and he's still got a groin problem. That doesn't help you feel good so why, about it.
2: Why would you be excited about the draft then? I, I never understood that. Like, Let's talk about the draft then. Because Let's talk about it, of what? Because it's the next one. Talk year. about getting that's another only, taco? That's the only reason is because it's the getting next Getting more thing.
1: Chaz Green? It's just because it's the
4: next one. I mean, that's one way to look at it. As great it, as they have more been. More taco or more Chaz Green. What about more Dak Prescott? Okay. What about more It's Dick not like they Elliot. just sucked I mean, in the draft, No, right? No, they haven't sucked in the taco. draft. But they
2: haven't, been, they haven't been like just perfect either. I mean, they, they hit, they well, missed. that's the draft. Though. That's I mean, the draft. That's
4: the draft. The draft What's, is not going to be perfect. All right. I'm going to do some real quick math. Uh-oh. Just, I mean, every draft is a chance to turn over fifteen to twenty percent of your roster, and you never know where you will or won't hit. It's exciting. Well, right?
2: I, I think the, what I'm trying to say is you get sixteen of these games. Yeah, like enjoy I, them all. Yes, yes, and and that's why you'll that. never hear me say meaningless game ever, ever, even when it was 2015. Nope. Go nope. back
1: to the five and eleven years. You sure that mean not time.
2: meaningless, not meaningless games. That December game was it? A December in 2015? Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. It was. I had a good time. Yeah. All right. I won yeah. That one, that. Waking up Christmas Day in, in, in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yep.
1: With a four and what?
2: Five in and ten five record. Five and ten record. Yep. Playing Anthony Wright as Still the all
1: Quarterback. In. Yes. Because I'm I know. I get that's it. what I'm you just do. Saying, I get it. And and that's for people that love football. We yeah. love football. I'm not sure everybody out
2: there loves football like that. I you just. Know? Maybe. like I, It's just a little trendy way of saying. Well, the season's over or whatever. And maybe maybe it is, but still, I mean, I, I don't think it's too early. I mean, I think draft talk really shouldn't even start until late January. Mm. Figure out who's going to be in the draft. You know, figure out who's going to declare and all that kind of stuff. And That's who's the picking society where. we live
4: in, though, Nick. You, yeah. Everybody wants everything. We've already had now, a draft
2: right? show. Yeah, we did.
4: Yeah, and people loved and it. And people like, loved it, right? It did I well. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. I and that's what I, I was like, I love talk. I'll talk draft anytime. But it's just hollow. That's what I'm saying. It's hollow it's not hollow to like look and be like okay this it is. this this kid from Georgia is having a great season we need a linebacker like what's wrong with that uh, oh. yeah but it, I mean, it might be
1: hollow for you but that's the thing uh, it, it depends on what you, what you know. like if
4: you're what i'm
1: saying is, kind of
2: draft, go to these no. guys
4: big boards these
2: mock drafts you know i mean every once in a while okay. yeah they hit some early but it's That's no,
4: manufactured bs though like i don't care about big boards i just like i like talking about What's coming up? What like okay, like you can look at this team. You can't hit it to hundred percent because of free agency and stuff like that. But like you know what this team's going to need in the draft, yeah. and You know who will probably be in the draft, and like there's nothing wrong with and let's to not forget yourself about
1: that. Let's not forget this is all entertainment. So if it entertains somebody to think right now, even though they know I'm basing it on information that's not complete. To start projecting what the draft's going to look like, and that's entertainment for someone,
2: it's entertainment. That's right. Fine. That's it's the whole point. It's just entertainment. Okay, right? that's what I'm saying, but I still call it hollow.
4: For you, maybe not for somebody else. For somebody else, it's fun. If you're trying to figure out what the order of the top 10 picks is going to be, that's hollow. That's a waste of time. But to like start trying to get an idea of what to expect, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the fact that we've spent eight minutes on this <laughs> further proves my point, which honestly, I agree, the arrow's trending down But you've played nine of 16 games. Like, there's a lot of stuff left. And this, I tell Taylor Stern this all the time. I'm like, you got here in 2015 when everything was terrible. And then your second season, everything was amazing. Like, those are both outliers in the NFL world. You know, like, this is what most NFL teams deal with on a year-in, year-out basis. Like, the league is designed for you to be five and four and have question marks at the halfway point. Like, that's what football is. And, you know, there's a lot of football left and no reason at all to think that you need to pack it in right now, even if the odds look slim. I mean, who the hell knows what could happen?
1: Let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some more questions. Call us 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit slash cowboys to get ten dollars off your first order of fifty
0: dollars or more. Jack Black. Look good, smell good. Feel Good, official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Welcome back. It is the final segment of Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it
2: away. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. Christmas is getting close. It's time to buy some presents for people. This is the time of year when you want to give people presents. Give them, make sure they, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Do they keep you nice and warm? It does. It's good for everybody. But here's the key. It's breathable.
1: So it's not that it keeps you warm, it's that it keeps you comfortable. So in the heat,
3: ah. in the heat
1: it actually keeps you cool, right?
3: Right. That's the
2: key. Cool. The key. All right. <laughs> we diverted that crisis right there, and let's move on. If that on. makes any sense to you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. No? That makes sense to you? No, it does. I think we, if we can just move on to the Eagles and and not have anything from that conversation escalate to anything else, I think it would be great. Where do you think he was going? You never know. You never know on that side of the table over there. <laughs> what? That side. What are you, you talking about? No, guys,
1: we, we just we we love Tommy John and we like to talk about it, right, Amber? Right. All right, right. Good. All right. Let's get back into it. We want some questions. Call us two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two is our number. You can also hit us on t- on uh, Twitter. Let's get a question from Twitter.
3: Do you guys think that it was a bad idea to release Emmett Cleary?
1: Uh, no, I don't think it was a bad idea. I, you you want to talk about Chaz Green? I think Emmett Cleary was right there in the same boat. I think if he was on this team, you'd be looking at the same sort of player. He's a player that I don't think
4: is very good. Uh, so I don't think it's a big loss. That's, I mean, that's the epitome of revisionist history. It's like, well, we let that guy go. He's in Detroit right, right now. Like, no. I mean, no. It, like, And you know what? He maybe he would have done better than Chaz because, again, it's hard to do worse than Chaz did. But no, Chaz has been and was a better player than Emmett Cleary. Emmett Cleary looked like a turnstile most of the way through training camp. And no, just no, I don't think it was. idea. just no.
3: (laughs) Okay, Are the defensive problems that the Cowboys are having more because of due to Sean Lee's absence or more of what the safeties are doing?
1: Wait, say that again
2: for it's me. More is it Sean Lee Sean or Lee the safeties? Or
3: what the safeties?
2: I think it's Sean Lee. Yeah, I mean, when when he's out out of the game, they struggle a lot more. And the safeties have kind of been there; they don't help. I mean, because you you asked this earlier. You said, "Is it is it just Sean Lee?" And I was like, "No." I mean, the safeties are struggling as well, but I think it starts there. I mean, but
1: when when Sean Lee was in there, the defense as a whole played really well, right? And the safeties are a part of that,
2: yeah. So I mean,
1: that's where I get back to. Yes, the they safety. Think you could say
2: plays. I mean, like in Denver and Arizona, part of it, right? I, I know, but I mean, th- there are some plays when Sean Lee is out there, like Washington, and and you know, you're like, "Where's Heath? Where's Byron Jones?" I mean, they they're not the best. We yeah. know this. We know this. So. Yes, they'll be better with Heath, but even when he's out there, they need some improvements. You're you're not going to say, there's a safety. We draft a safety, and you're like, well, no, because we have Sean Lee, so we're fine.
1: I'm absolutely with you. I'm not saying that they're great. What I'm saying is I think that this whole defense – has a whole different level when yes. Sean Lee is out there than when they're not. And that's everybody. That's the safeties. That's the corners. That's everybody. When he's not out there, it exposes a lot more of the deficiencies on this defense. And that's not just the safeties. Yes. That's the linebackers. Yeah. That's the corners. Great That's everybody. Make people around them there look good. There you go. Right. That's exactly right.
3: So follow-up question to that whole thing. How do you make this defense better without Sean Lee there? What can the Cowboys possibly Dave? do in order to— <laughs> Well, improve everyone else during his talk, absence. You
4: guys want to talk draft? Oh. Huh? <laughs> I, like I honestly, like that's With
3: what they have right now. What could they do? Here we go,
4: full circle. That's <laughs> what it kind of goes back. It's it's crazy to me that it just all seems like it kind of falls apart without him. Like you would yeah. think, you would think that there's a way around it. Um, for, I mean, first of all, if Sean Lee's not going to be there, the defensive line has to play. At a fantastic level, both in terms of getting to the to the passer, but also stopping the run. Because again, Sean Lee is that safety blanket that can mask a lot of those types of mistakes. If your defensive line is playing well, maybe you don't lean on your linebackers so much. Number two, like like I love him to death. You just can't you can't put that strain on Jalen Smith. Like I want that I want him to be ready to take on that workload, but we just we have nine games of evidence that he can't yet uh, talk to me again in 2018, but whether it's Justin Durant, Justin March Lillard, Damian, whatever you want to do, Damian Wilson, Kyle Wilber, that's for them to figure out. Matt Eberflus knows his guys better than I do, but it's gotta be some combination that allows Jalen Smith to not be on the field 50 or 60 plays. Um, I would imagine if Sean Lee can't play Damian or not Damien, I'm sorry. Anthony Hitchens would play Will And like I said, you put somebody else in at Mike. I get there's an argument to be made that you just keep Hitch at Mike and let them figure out Will, but Will is such an important part of this defense that I think it makes more sense to have the better player playing there. So, And then you just hope for the best. I mean, other than that, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, there's not this magical reinforcement. Maybe they could have gotten Navarro Bowman. They never even had a chance to talk to him. Bowman wasn't coming here. He he wasn't going to to Exactly. You know, you can throw Daryl Washington at me if you want to. That's not going to happen either. And you just have to make do. And, I mean, we don't have to talk about it right now, but linebackers, something that they need to consider in the draft next year.
1: Not just the draft. I I would consider free agency because I think for a role like that where you have this one guy that your defense is so dependent upon him um, and his history, not to say that he is – I don't like the word injury prone because it's just like – it's, you go. You talk a lot about this. It's kind of giving the impression like there's something that the player is doing to be injured, and it's right. not really that. So just saying his history is that he gets injured quite a bit, I think because of that and because he's so important, getting a veteran that is a good veteran, not the greatest, but a good veteran that could steady the ship now protects you a little bit better even then if you can't get the guy that you think you need to get in the draft.
4: However you want to do it you got to do it. I mean, Sean's great when he's healthy, but other than that, there isn't another linebacker on this team with a long-term future here who is up to the task. And you hope that Jalen Smith becomes that, but you can't bank on it. Are you at this point thinking you got to re-sign Hitchens because of that? You can never say you've got to do anything in regard to free agency because all it takes is for – somebody i got you. atlanta decides that he's perfect for their scheme and he's gonna they're gonna offer him 35 million or what you know yeah whatever all the these numbers. guarantees and then what are you gonna do you're gonna get into a bidding war um so you can't say that with certainty about almost anybody but if you can get him back for the right price i would absolutely love to have anthony hitchens back
1: all right let's get a a phone call we have a call uh from rob in vegas rob what up hey guys hey rob how you doing
5: this season's far from over. Anybody giving up is just stupid. I mean, you got seven games and one broken collarbone to, you know, Wentz. You saw what happened to Rodgers. So, no, you can't give up. We're not that bad. I, I just think when you when you take Zeke, who's your best player and your most exciting player, it just sucks the energy, especially as a fan. It just, it just took the energy right off the team. You know, nobody else has that. That vibe, like he does. I know Dak does, but I, it's like he's a—he's a quarterback. He's got too much, too many other things. I just think what happened this year is their contingency plan has been terrible. I mean, they bring in Nolan Carroll to replace Brandon Carr. Well, that didn't work out. He's not even on the team. You—you uh, you draft Jalen Smith to back up Lee. Uh, that's not working out. And you got Chaz Green trying to back up Tyron Smith, and that's not working. I mean, it's just. Every move they've made just hasn't worked this year. I mean, they could have even did something really uh, proactive. They could have picked up a Jayhee with a fourth-round pick. I mean, we're talking about – you knew Zeke was probably going to miss six games. And we already talked that they're going to have to draft a running back next year because now with the suspension on Zeke, any misstep going forward, I think he's out the whole year. So – we're talking about drafting a running back maybe third, fourth, fifth round. We could have got a Jay He for the fourth round. I think he's better than um McFadden or um God Give him my name, but uh I don't even think those the backup running backs are gonna be on this team next year. So I just think the Zeke just sucked the energy out. I think it took a week. I mean last week it just it just it hit them. All right. I think this week they'll be better. Now I don't know if it's good. They're going to feel better enough to win this game because it seems like everything Philadelphia is good at right now we're bad at. But who knows? But you can't give up. I mean, right. we got seven games they like like appreciate Knicks. it. We got sixteen.
1: Thanks, Rob. All right, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Um, I, I will ask this question: Do you think that that was is that a fair criticism that maybe they should have been looking for a better running back option when they kind of started to see the writing on the wall with the Zeke case? like a Ajayi where they could have – would you have given up a fourth-round
4: pick for, say, an Ajayi if, quick caveat, if that was an option for you? Quick caveat, which is why it's important to know these things. I loved Jay Ajayi coming out of the draft. I wanted yeah. them to draft him before Zeke it was even in anybody's radar. They, didn't, they were scared by his medical. They didn't like his knee, and a lot of teams didn't. Like I said, he was a bulldozer – do everything running back for Boise State who fell to the fifth round so if they didn't like him if they didn't like his knee enough to draft him I can't imagine that they wanted anything to do with him after he put two or three hundred carries on him but is that not a little bit different from the
1: standpoint of mm-hmm. you were looking for him to come in and play a specific role while Zeke is out and then going saying- forward he would be a backup to a guy that you expect to play be out there the majority
2: of the time you're saying two years into Steven Jackson's career you wouldn't have kind of reconsidered that.
4: I mean, I just, I just, be I mean how many two hundred
2: yard games did J.H.I. need to have in in Miami to be like? Well, hmm, I mean, same with Ron Leary, and, and I understand. I understand that that Ron Leary was seventh round pick. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, undrafted free agent, but. You know, Denver just still looked at it like, all right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, he's proven that he right. can play for it. So I, I, yeah. I know that I know what you're saying long term, but I, to answer your question, yeah, I think they should have done a better job with with that. I mean, just just keeping these two guys on here, especially one of them that you don't like. Obviously, you know, they don't like McFadden. I don't know why they're keeping him. They, they, they don't go for a younger guy. And and Rob is right, when he says that, those two guys are probably not going to be here next year. I, mean, I don't know why they would. Rod Smith will probably be here. That's why they're giving him the carries, but I don't think he's really the the guy here. I think Rod Smith is always gonna be your second Well or, we
1: know who the guy is here going forward, so maybe that fills the role that you want Rod to play as the second guy, right?
2: Yeah, but you should be scared to death because of of I mean he's You think there's more coming? Like I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know honestly, if there's more coming. I don't know if there's more coming, but I mean he hasn't shown
4: yet that he can mature from this. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, as far as I'm right. concerned. Yeah. I wrote about that last week. Yeah, like, yeah. you need to be approaching this as though it's something you'll have to deal with in the future. And just in terms of being smart and covering your bases. Yeah. And
2: even if he had never done anything off the field, not one issue, okay, he's NFL man of the year, you're still going to be thinking, how much are we going to invest in this guy after this? Because he's still putting a lot of carries on his body, and he's going to enter his third year and all that. So, it's if not this year's draft, the next year's draft, you would definitely start looking at running back. Like, well, picture. but
1: does that does that change now that he's going to actually have a season where for six weeks he didn't put anywhere into? Yeah, that body. changes. Does that does that change that next contract situation where you think you know maybe we are willing to give a running back a second contract because of that?
4: Well. I'm we'll overall see. We'll see what he does. I think there there's some good points to be made there and some that I disagree with like the contingency plans don't look good but I mean how much of that is hindsight how much of that should have been better foresight maybe your linebacker situation maybe should have been better foresight because You're and maybe he becomes a great player, but you're hoping with Jalen Smith, you know, just like kind of like your safeties. You're hoping Jeff Heath can take a step forward instead of covering your bases. Offensive line. Sorry for the millionth time in a row. But what had we seen from Chaz Green that we shouldn't have thought he could handle that? You know, I mean, he looked good in every opportunity that he got. He was injury prone, but his problems weren't when he played, you know, and he was sorry, Nick, a highly touted draft pick i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry but 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 it's not whatever you got it's fat up until up until you and at this point you're talking about guard anyway you're not even talking about tackle but what had you seen from him other than fighting injuries that gave you reason to believe that he wasn't a good player right up until i would argue week three or four of this season what preseason game was that where it was it was this all over again he did
2: your, Rams. I think it was the Rams in twenty sixteen. Is what you are talking about? Yeah, I mean that's when my first thought was. But like, he okay. that was the first yeah. game
4: of the year and he rebounded. He came back yeah. in those early games. San Francisco, maybe or it's it's hindsight. Bears. It's hindsight to say you are like, well, we knew Chaz Green was awful. In my opinion, yeah, it and we so, knew he had injury issues. That's yeah. what one of did.
2: the mailback questions on Friday from last week was, "Are you confident about Chaz Green?" And I was like,
4: "No." I was, so, and I'll eat that crow. That's well, fine. Well, but,
1: you know, I think there's an in-between here. I don't think you had to be confident about Chaz Green. I think you could be, and, and also not say I was completely not confident. I was kind of in the middle. I was like, I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to give up some plays, yes, but I also don't think he's going to be horrible. I was wrong on that, but obviously yeah. I, think, I think that's probably where most people felt was right. he's not a great player, but as a backup tackle in the NFL, you're not going to have a great player in most instances. So he's probably a serviceable swing tackle.
2: But you can't let an average player get to the Pro Bowl on your dime.
1: Yes. Well, all, that's all right, but that's, that's after we saw it.
2: So, okay, Nobody went to that we game so expecting now that. Now what? You going to do it
1: again? No, now you don't have much option. you got to give him help. I think you don't have a better option to put somebody else in there so right now you just got to give him help. I think until you get Tyron back, you got to help him.
2: Start him at right guard.
1: <laughs>
2: Zach, ready to
1: move Zach on over, huh? I needed
2: that idea for three years, and it now it seems pretty good.
1: All right, well we'll finish this up tomorrow. To get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Eagle. See you tomorrow for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.